it's good that we've seen this movie before in different ways. Come on now. Thank you, Danny. I, yes. Yes. You were so proud of yourself. Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Danny. And this is the Memory Makers Podcast. The show that helps you create amazing customer experiences and make more memories. It's time for the Memory Makers Podcast. That was a terrible rendition of the Marvel theme song, but we'll, I'll have to ear check that one for roll back, roll back the tape. It's time for the Memory Makers Podcast. For, That's for Avengers. Yes. <laughs> or Mar I said Marvels. That's double geek points lost out of that one. So they're not all winners, folks, but part of the beauty of them is how ugly they are. So we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. What's so up, we, brother? You know, at least we can laugh at ourselves. I mean, that's that's some days that's all you have, you know? <laughs> is the ability to laugh at yourself. Um yeah, man. How are you? How what's going on? Well, I'm I'm excited because in just a few days, uh, myself and my wife and then Kimberly, one of the owners of Creative Works, are all traveling to Tanzania and we're going to be climbing Kilimanjaro. So yeah! very excited for that. This has been about a year in the making getting to this point and got Oof. a few days before we leave. Man, I am. I know. I am so excited for you guys and to to hear some of the stories and, and some of the sights that you guys are going to see is just going to be absolutely incredible. Um I know, you know, we, we talk a lot about you and Michelle doing training hikes and all different kinds of things. Have you ever summited a mountain before? Yeah. Okay. What was the tallest one that you did? The tallest one that I did was a uh, Gray's Peak. Okay. And how yeah, high was that? That's uh, 14,100 or somewhere in that range. It's, it's just above 14,000. And for those of us who failed world geography in high school, what is the elevation of Kili? 19,200 hot diggity okay so not only are we a multi-peak summiter at the end of this trip but we're also setting a new pr that's what i'm talking about we're just it, elevating the tallest summit in africa and the tallest freestanding mountain in the world bingo because it's not part of a range because it was a volcano it's just mm -hmm. one. Oh, i yeah man super excited for you guys what a cool experience that it's is awesome it's going to be a cool experience. And speaking of cool experiences, I had one last week. You like that transition, that segue? So I, I was at an event last week that um, gathered a lot of cinema and movie theater operators together. It was an educational event for them. But recently, they've been bringing in more family entertainment center, FEC content speakers, mm -hmm. sponsors as part of the event. And I was in Creative Works was included in that, and I was one of the, the speakers at this event. And you know, a couple things came out about that, and we're going to talk about today of why cinemas are starting to look more at FEC components, why they want to add that, and what it means for our industry as FECs, and what it means for all of you that are listening or watching, listening to or watching this podcast. One of the things that struck me that was really interesting is being able to, you know, I've been in this FEC world for so long, just as you have, and all of the terminology that we use, the things that we kind of 
take for granted maybe at times about, well, let's just known because it's a known thing. We all know how this works and why you would add that particular attraction or, you know, why bowling has been so popular for the last hundred years, all these things that we sort of know, mm-hmm. but being able to see people who are from a slightly different industry and looking at ours with fresh eyes and having to kind of take a step back and, and really kind of go through some things at a higher level was really interesting because I got to um, be a part of some conversations um, that I, I typically only have with someone who is entering the FEC industry for the first time, not someone who already operates a business. So it was a very interesting conversations with that. Interesting. Well, and interesting that that's interesting to you. I like that. The, um, it, it, I think that the, the part that I found in, in those kind of similar situations where it's like, I, inadvertently fall into using kind of the alphabet soup or the you know the different terminology and the niche you know phrases and things is by zooming back and being you know and and opening up those discussions and not having it be insider baseball as you realize how many consistent trends and patterns there are for those different groups whether it was things like trampoline parks or bowling centers like you had mentioned or other things like this idea of expanding your portfolio or adding in a more focused FEC element to whatever your standalone attraction is, there are a lot of good takeaways and patterns that we've seen prove out to win over time. And and so it's taking a look at some of those those kinds of things, but also on the flip side, and we'll get into this later as well, is is looking at what does that mean for the existing landscape of the market? So if, if all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing this push for cinemas to be adding much more of an entertainment component to them, what does that mean for us in our world as far as, hey, these are venues that have, you know, something unique to offer to bring them in through those doors? Um, and and how what does that mean for us and how do we adapt? And so I'm excited for us to dive in here. Yeah, I am too. And, you know, one of the things that we were planning and as we were kind of going through and planning out this episode that we talked about that I, I want to have you discuss is the parallels of this with the bowling industry. For sure. And, and so one of the big things, obviously, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, bowling was going through this heyday of adding in these pieces and going through some of the identity crises or, um, or, or what that looks like, right? Like, are you a bowling center that happens to have a secondary attraction of laser tag? Are you a trampoline park that happens to add on, you know, arcades? Um, are, you know, what are, what do, what do we have to be cognizant of whenever we're taking in these things? And like I mentioned before, what are the patterns that we need to be aware of? So the first thing is, you know, that that strikes me as we've also talked with more cinema operators that have started adding in attractions. And the same thing with bowling is laser tag, mini golf, axe throwing, darts, whatever it is. One, it's an increase in staff and it's a different type of staffing than what you've had to typically do um, with that standalone model. Because now, one, we, we have to grow the team in order to, you know, handle the increased capacity and the more frequent visits, all of that good stuff. But there w- there's also this aspect of what is the guest service experience for your typical kid at a movie theater who has been standing behind the counter and selling the concessions and doing those kinds of things and taking tickets. Now we're, you know, that, that specific group, similar to how bowling it was, you had somebody behind the counter that was doing the shoes and the lane rentals and the reservations. And then you also had some food and beverage staff, you know, that was going along with it because it was such a critical part is bowling or birthday parties alone let's let's look at that when birthday parties started happening at bowling centers 
you didn't have a ton of operators that were necessarily doing a lot of things like birthday party hosts because they had the one attraction that they were doing um, and the food and beverage was a part of that and it all kind of fit the typical model. And so one, how do, how do we start looking at what types of guest service touch points do we need based on these new experiences or things that we're adding into that mix and, and that aren't necessarily just from behind the counter, right? You're having a little bit more of concierge level service and things like that that, that take place. Um, and I think that, that, that is, is an unanticipated consequence or a ripple effect that happens from some of those things where it's, okay, we're going to add this because it's going to allow us to do all of these things, but then we don't necessarily drill down deep enough of is the person that we've had behind the counter working the rentals and, and the, all of those good things or the concessions, is that the same person? Do we have people on staff that are going to naturally lend themselves to a, a more hands-on guest experience, like giving a laser tag brief or engaging with guests on a golf course and having them be silly and take all these kind of trick shots and things like that? So it's identifying who do we have that is going to be uh, uh, you know, translatable over to that new experience, or who do we need to bring in that's going to be able to better serve that? And looking at it, you know, how do we make sure that we're learning from competition and, and really folding it into who we are as a, as an entity and, and what does that mean? Right. Not, not every cinema, you know, or theater is going to add in an FEC model because to your point, they're going to be either later adopters with it, or they're going to, you know, just not feel comfortable taking on that new skill set of employees that they're going to need either to grow what they have or to or to supplement and add in new team members. Sometimes that can seem really burdensome. Some folks are going to be landlocked, all of that good stuff. But for the ones that do, and the, more specifically, the ones that do that well, it, it can be a massive game changer in a market no matter what. And we see these trends happen. I mean, you look at trampoline park staff, having to go and evolve. And, and I say this with all the love in the world for my trampoline park operators, but in having takeaways from them of some of these growing pains is, you know, in the early days of the trampoline world, we had, you know, kind of lifeguards, so to speak, that were patrolling and monitoring and watching and doing all of that, but they didn't have to have technical expertise around, uh, you know, pin setters for bowling, right? And they didn't have to have someone that was able to do the the laser tag marshalling and have that animated personality to referee and create that fun experience, gamify the, you know, what they're trying to do. You still need switched on cats who are having fun with your guests, all of that. And so there, there are varying degrees of that, that starting point that every operator deals with their staff. But that to me is no matter what the vertical is, when we start to see a standalone, a traditionally standalone type of a venue add on this FEC expansion of it, these are the things that you need to be cognizant of of doing. If you're going to be adding a dark ride into your existing FEC and you're not a cinema person, like what do we need that experience to be? And do we have the people that we need to do it? And who's going to be the inside expert that knows that thing top to bottom, front to back to make sure that we're able to provide a high caliber experience. So it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's good that we've, hmm, it's good that we've seen this movie before in different ways. Come on now. Thank you, Danny. I, yes. Yes. You were so proud of yourself. You stopped mid sentence to start over. It was fantastical, but I think that, that we've seen this play out in a variety of different ways. And, and there's at, when you focus on these fundamental aspects of do we have the right people in place and how are we going to be very intentional about the experience that we create, 
or bringing in people. Like if you're adding in a food and beverage center and you've never had any experience with a restaurant, like most likely you're not going to understand all the nuances of that world. And you need to bring in somebody who has kitchen experience and, and being a head chef and doing those kinds of things. And so it's, it's nice to see even with this kind of new entry into our FEC world that they're going to have to go through some of those learning curves and, and they're going to have to be intentional about how they're doing that. And that's also good for our existing operators who are saying, you know, Hey, we still are further down this path and have a, a way of, of, you know, keeping a competitive edge. But ultimately this is the entertainment arms race, right? Like it doesn't stay static. It doesn't stop. It's, these are the things that change our market that require that continual never ending improvement that we talk about so much. And when we kind of take a step back and move on to the, the next portion of this conversation of, of the, the arm race and how things are evolving over time, we can ask ourselves, well, why? Why is this happening? Why mm-hmm. are cinemas now moving into um, an FEC model and bringing in more attractions? And I think there are two big reasons for this. Number one is that for a lot of them, they there's a need for them and a desire that they have to diversify their offerings, diversify their models and and be able to offer something else beyond the movie itself that brings people in the door, but also keeps them uh, on site longer. Because the longer that there's dwell time, the more time that people are going to spend inside those four walls of your building, the more money they're going to spend. Mm-hmm. Those two are positive, positively correlated with mm-hmm. one another. So there's the diversification side of things for the business growth in the future. And then second when we look at location-based entertainment and FECs across the board, there is growth happening everywhere, right? We talk to um, individuals who, families who operate individual locations that are now opening second and or third locations because they have that growth. There are uh, corporate entities across the board that are aggressive in their growth plans and entering new markets and um, expanding their the number of locations and venues that they have. There are franchises across the board that are investing in growth um, in a lot of different areas. And it's not just those who are already in the industry expanding to additional locations. There are also brands that have not really been a part of location-based entertainment that are seeing the value of it and therefore now investing in it. Mm -hmm. So a couple examples of this is... Hasbro, they're opening up a venue called The Game Room at the American Dream Mall in New Jersey that is going to have, um, you know, a, a G.I. Joe laser tag that that we did. And they have a couple other Thomas the Tank and a couple other brands that are incorporated into this location-based entertainment venue. Mm-hmm. We've also got Mattel Adventure Park that is going to be opening up in the Phoenix area later this year that's going to have Hot Wheels and Barbie and a bunch of their brands incorporated into this uh, kind of – larger more resort style location based mm-hmm. entertainment venue yeah. you've also got um you know the a brand like the puttery which has investment from rory mcelroy the golfer mm-hmm. he's recognizing the value of this location based entertainment even famous youtubers you look at dude perfect and they're opening something called Dude Perfect World, which is going to be this giant headquarters where their fans get to come and participate in the experiences that that they have shown in their videos of making the trick shot or setting the world record or doing these different things. And I, I share all of this because, you know, when you look at brands like Hasbro or Mattel, uh, they're not 
they have some smart people doing a lot of research. They're not doing this by accident. They're not just on a whim saying, let's open up a location-based entertainment venue. Mm -hmm. They have studied the marketplace and they see there's so much value in the things that we in the FEC world already do. And Mm -hmm. we've got this this opportunity to continue investing in our own businesses to drive more traffic, get more people from our community to come together and enter our venue. Because as we like to say, you operate the place where people celebrate together and escape together. And the work that you do matters. And the more that you grow, the more memories that you're able to make. Totally agree. Well, and and it's easy to get intimidated by some of those things at the time because you have these massive IPs or recognizable worldwide brands that are all of a sudden coming into a market and disrupting that. And then, you know, they've got big backing so they can do more than one location, all of that stuff. But we are existing FEC operators or bowling entertainment operators or, or, you know, adventure parks, whatever, you know, the, the modified term is where we're no longer an FEC, but we're in, you know, or a, a bowling center or just a trampoline park or any of these things, we've expanded and changed our identity. They're having to go through an identity change as well, because to your point, they haven't done these things before they are starting to do it. Um, but it's, it's, I think in, for those folks that are already in the market and see things like this, like you have a brand, um, and you have the ability to grow and change that brand as well. And it's really being comfortable with what are we at our core, right? And and we talk about this quite a bit of what business are you in? Oh, I'm, I'm a bowling center. We are in the bowling business. Very rarely, you know, that may have been the mindset 10 or 15 years ago. Now, the, the folks that are staying ahead of the curve have redefined what they are as a place for people to come and make memories and, and have a communal area for their, you know, for their village elders, so to speak, you know, come and do their regular Tuesday night bowl. And this is the, you know, w- what are we beyond a box with entertain or attractions in it? And what purposes can we serve and how can we continue to expand into that? That's going to continue to be what allows for this entertainment arms race, you know, so to speak, to be one part of what is my facility and what are we here to do and how are we here to serve? Those are the things that will ultimately prove out because that has such a direct impact on what your attraction mix translates to and how well you execute on that and all of those things. Um, And so, you, you know, the more comfortable that people get with, okay, if I've had a single attraction and an arcade and and maybe even a snack shack. Like what are things that I need to be aggressively thinking about and being really intentional about setting, you know, key performance metrics towards of growing to this model because we have so many new players coming into the market, like you said, and we have so many existing folks that are elevating their game all of the time that we really can't afford to, to kind of, you know, sit back on our laurels and just assume that it's not going to happen to us. Right. And ultimately it's for the good of the, the consumer, right? The people that come to celebrate and escape in our facilities, they're getting more value out of it. And I, I still have having seen the movie played out, like we were joking about before, the one thing that that has stayed true to the highest degree is the, the the folks that are there and that are doing it well and executing and being additive to our industry. It's a rising tide raises all boats because it's while they may be going to this new facility and doing those those kinds of things, you have unique things that you have available at your facility as well. And if you're increasing your guest experience and your engagement and the value that you're bringing um, on a regular basis, it just is getting more people 
excited and conditioned to to go out and do those things and connect. And so, um, you know, it's sometimes it can be easy to lose that stuff in the in the shuffle or 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 have a, an initial scarcity mindset, but realize, hey the greats all have worthy adversaries, right? Like when we talk about Simon Sinek and and talking about the infinite game and, and so many other things that we've gotten into in the past, the, the changing of the landscape is what actually creates new innovation and better things and how we get, you know, more um, impactful with what we're trying to do. And so we just need to remember, okay, we can either be at the, you know, you're either at the table or you're on the menu kind of a thing, right? So we want to be there with a fork and a knife, making sure that we're, you know, at the table, so to speak, instead of getting eaten up because we were scared to change. To the point of the idea of scarcity, yes, because you're going to look at this and this means that there's more competitors entering the FEC market. And potentially there are more competitors that are going to be in your particular market that are going to be um, directly competing with your venue, Mm -hmm. which they already were. If there's a movie theater, they're already competing with you, but they're competing in different ways now. Mm -hmm. And it can be, it can drive fear a little bit and it can make us think in that scarcity mindset of, oh no, there's going to be less for me and all those things. But I think that there's an opportunity to look at this instead and say, okay, they're going to do that. They're not us though. What can we do to be different? How can we differentiate our business and how can we improve our business in a way that no one else could copy? And that I think is really the lesson here because while many of the people who watch or listen to this podcast may not be in the cinema industry at all, we can still pull lessons from what is happening in their particular vertical and how it's going to impact ours and be ready so that all the people who are listening to this podcast that are maybe not related to cinemas in any way are prepared and ready to double down on their own business to protect their market share and deliver more value to their clients and uh, customers. And that's, Mm. for me, maybe a good place to wrap up. Yes, sir. I like what you're putting down. <laughs> you're picking up what I'm putting down? I'm picking up what you're putting down. By the way, we're recording this the Monday after the Super Bowl and the new Deadpool Wolverine trailer came in. And I a new version of that phrase um, that Ryan Reynolds talks about in that movie was, I'm smelling what you're stepping in, sensei. And so I think I may be trying that one into the mix every once in a while. So and instead of I'm picking up what you're putting down, it's I'm smelling what you're stepping in, sensei. <laughs> That seems that seems like it fits. Well, we've got more awesome content just like that that's going to be coming your guys' way. Um, we've uh, some really killer uh, operator interviews and insights of folks that are thinking way outside of the box that we're super excited to have uh, coming to you in just a few episodes. Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it's it's really, really cool to get to see what some of our, our mad scientists uh, it, that wear the operator hat are getting up to and and some really fun things for you guys to be able to get a peek behind the curtain on ways that you can do some things that you didn't think were possible and, and all of that. So I'm, I'm just absolutely jazzed for the new uh, episodes that we'll have coming ba- uh, down the pipeline and you'll be able to check those out. We'll have our social media posts. You guys will be able to find those out when the weekly episodes drop. Um, but if you guys also have specific things that you guys are doing that is really fun and groovy and outside of the box or things that you think are underserved, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you and, um, and get you on the podcast and or bring up those topics so that way we can dive a little deeper with you. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And we always appreciate those five stars. Please and thank you. As Rush said, if you've got any ideas for topics or guests or anything like that, follow us on social media, send us a DM. 
All right. And we will catch you on the next one, troublemakers. Used to work at Disney? Shocker. Shocking, as Rinker said. The other day he said something to me. He was like, I'm not really digging that. I was like, oh boy. Hi, little mirror. Thank you. Okay. Ready. Okay. All righty. Go flight.